Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AOA. It's day number one of the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. We're broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent. We'll be here all three days of the show, and uh, really, things are off to a great start. Weather is very good, a little overcast today, but a lot cooler here than it was a week ago, and uh, I think uh, everyone really excited just to get this show back and uh, people in person again. Uh, we're wearing masks in, in the tents, but uh, when people are out walking uh, around the exhibit field outside, the masks are off, so everyone enjoying how things are going. We're going to be talking with some folks from Syngenta here on our program today. We have uh, Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, with us. Uh, we're also going to be talking with uh, someone from Rabo about carbon banking and some research done on that. And we're scheduled to hear from Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack, supposed to call into the show a little later on. So we hope to hear from the Secretary uh, before we wrap things up. But let's start things off with Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. And uh, when you came into the tent, uh, I could see it was kind of a stress-free look. So I knew things were going pretty good. Yeah, you know, today was the day that I was going to worry about. The The forecast looked like it could, it could rain, but... Uh, They've just slowly been whittling the rain out of the forecast. There's still a little chance we might see something this afternoon, but uh, you know, all in all, thrilled with with how everything's gone. It was uh, it was a long, hectic night. You know, there, there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of challenges in supply chains, and you're just all of a sudden there isn't any of these things to get, and labor's hard to come by. So there's still tents. The last of the tents are being put up right now, um, but we're we're in we're in great shape. Had a beautiful opening ceremonies. We're up and running, and and everything's going well. How's how was the traffic flow this morning? It was a little foggy this morning, but uh, you know, I've, I've kind of I've done I, I try to watch the opening ceremonies and then I do a tour out around the exterior of the parking lots to see how the flow is going. Um, a little slow because of the fog, but for the most part, everything's funneling in well. We've got a good crowd coming in. I don't think we had any big any snares that I'm aware of. I mentioned uh, in the tents uh, we're wearing masks, so everyone's kind of going along with that. But outside. They're good without them. Yeah, and, and any tents that are any tents or buildings that are at least fifty percent open are considered outdoors. So there's only a handful. Like generally, it's the it's the facilities that are air conditioned that are that, that you have to that that the mask mandate would apply. But we're you know we're not there. There's nobody policing it real hard, and, and it's not something that should deter anybody from coming to the show. It's uh it's a little bit like normal life. You keep your mask with you, and every now and then you're going to be asked to put it on, but you're going to spend you know, 90% of your day without a mask on. Do advance ticket sales give you an indication of what kind of crowd you may have? They typically do, and advance ticket sales have been good. We've had we've had some 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 um, some challenges here and there in, in in getting all the computers to talk to each other correctly. But uh, what we've seen of advance sales indicates that that we're going to have a real good show today. Tomorrow's going to be a real barn burner of a day, um, and and you know, kind of closing the day. With that uh, that Lee Bryce concert tomorrow is is going to be a nice capper on our biggest day. I mentioned the weather. I mean, it's 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 so much different this week than it was last week. It was hot. It was humid last week, and and it's just very comfortable this week. Yeah, there were a lot of exhibitors that were out here at four and five in the morning and trying to get their eight or ten or hours or whatever they needed to get done for the day. They were trying to get it in before because you know by four o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock, it was it was brutal. It was miserable and. We're pretty fortunate to have this kind of weather, you know, this forecast where we've got a high of 80 or 81 and, and you know, starting at about 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, there's virtually zero chance of rain for the remainder of the show. So, um, you know, just excited, excited to be back and in person and, and, and be rewarded with this kind of weather is, is, is a real big bonus. It feels good. We're going to come back a little later and we'll talk with you about field demonstrations and, and uh, some of the other things that will be going on here these three days. That's Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. We are broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent. Joining me now is Joe Ballman. He is the uh, NK Corn Product Manager. And, you know, Joe, first of all, thanks for being with us. Maximizing yield and ROI, that's what every farmer strives for, right, every year. So here we are already looking to next year and some things that uh, farmers can do to help them feel confident that they can start off 2022 on the best foot possible. Let's talk about um, 
some of the things that you're going to be talking with farmers about here, about how they can best optimize uh, their crop yield and maximize ROI for next year. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, optimizing yield, maximizing return on investment is key, uh, not only for this year, but for 2022 and beyond. Uh, and that's something we're really focused on at NK, and we want to do our part to support that. And by doing that, we're going to launch the first ever field forage series of NK corn and soybeans for 2022. These products are available now for purchase for planting next year, uh, and they're really the best of the best of both the corn and soybean portfolios. They've been tested for multiple years across a wide range of environments and provide that, that strong likelihood of uh, strong ROI and maximizing your yield potential. So that, that sounds pretty exciting. Let's tell, tell us a little bit more about the Field Forged series. Yeah, it, it really is the strongest of our portfolio that we have. For, from a corn perspective, uh, not only do they have to have top-end yield potential, they also have to have sound agronomics, whether you're looking at root strength, stalk strength, disease tolerance. Uh, in addition to that, they got to be broadly adapted to fit a wide range of acres, uh, not just within the state of Illinois, but in the United States as a whole. On top of that, they're also protected by agrisure traits, whether it's agrisure diptera or agrisure duricade, uh, to protect us against some of the insect challenges that we may face on an annual basis. Now, I know you're a corn guy, but uh, this also the series also has soybeans, right? Correct. Yeah, also has soybeans to it. Uh, and growers have, have come to know the, the performance and sound agronomics of the NK soybean lineup for a number of years. Uh, and with the field forage portion of the soybean portfolio, it has that strong yield performance that they've come to expect. expect. Sound agronomics, whether it's phytophthora, root rot tolerance, soybean cyst nematode. Uh, but it's also uh, providing products in both the ExtendFlex platform and the Enlisting 3 platform for flexibility for growers to choose whatever platform that's best for their farm. What was uh, what was the driving force you would would you say behind uh, introducing this series? Yeah, it, it's really about looking for success for the growers. Uh, you know, if the grower is not successful, NK is not successful. So that that's really the foundation that we built this series on. So sound agronomics, consistent performance year over year to really manage any weather condition or pest challenge that we're fighting. So being a broadly adapted to handle anything that Mother Nature is going to throw at us, because the one thing we know about 2022 is it's going to be different than 2021. So we better be prepared for what that next challenge might be. And you learn a lot from 20, from the year you're in. So that that kind of is your platform to start headed for next year, right? Do you want to, you learn a lot this year, then you apply that to next year? Absolutely. You know, and we've seen a lot of weather extremes this year throughout the U.S., whether it's extreme excess moisture or short and drought conditions. Uh, from an R&D perspective, that's outstanding to help us really whittle out the products that don't meet this field forage classification for us. So we have products that are stable, whether we're, we're hot and dry or cool and wet next year. That you know, from these variable years that we have, like we have in 2021, uh, it really sets us up to deliver an even stronger class for us in 2022. So the Field Forge Series, a line of corn hybrids and soybean varieties available for 2022. How can farmers learn more about them? Yep, the first thing they can do is talk to their local retailer, or they can also visit the website nkfieldforge.com. Very good. Joe, good to talk with you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate the time. All right. That's Joe Bowman. He is uh, the NK Corn Product Manager. All right. We're in the Syngenta tent, day number one of the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. When we come back, we'll talk more with National Events Manager for Farm Progress, Matt Youngman, as we take a look at the lineup for today and the next two days as well here at Farm Progress. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Heading to the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. During the show, Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 441. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 441 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Decatur at the Farm Progress Show. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. The system 
of choice. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Anyone can sell you soybean seed. Channel Seedsman place products to perform. With Channel Extend Flex Soybeans and Channel Roundup Ready to Extend Soybeans, you'll get the excellent weed control you want and the high-yield potential you need. Make the most of the next season with the Roundup Ready Extend crop system and expert recommendations from Channel Seedsman. Ask a seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Informing America's farmers and ranchers. That's our goal at AOA. Each weekday, you get an hour of the latest takes from people who know agriculture, the policymakers, and the people who have the inside scoop on what's happening behind closed doors. People who have their finger on the pulse of Washington and agriculture around the world. AOA is your daily source for all the information you need to stay in the know. Informing America's farmers and ranchers. AOA. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too, through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Here at the Farm Progress Show, Decatur, Illinois, opening day of this year's show, we broadcast from the Syngenta Tent. Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, is with us. And, Matt, we've already seen, just while we've been here, people coming up, talking, saying hi. That's what we missed last year. That is what we missed. It's, it's, everything feels like a family reunion. As we, as, you know, since July, when the first tent started to go in the air, um, there's just been the steady flow of folks that we have missed for a year. We didn't get to see them last year. And, and even walking through the tent, you know, you're shaking hands with people that you just haven't seen since either Farm Progress Show 2019, maybe Commodity Classic in 2020 in March. But, you know, that, that, that was the gap that we're filling here. Yeah, it feels good to be back. Now, a lot of the people are here to be out in the fields and walk behind the equipment for those field demonstrations. Everything good to go? Yeah, everything is, is, is great. I don't know that we've ever... Uh, come into it so squared away and ready to go. You know, it, we planted a little earlier hybrid this year, 87-day corn, and that is, you know, doing between 175, 185 at 22%. So you just can't ask for, for much better than that. And I mean, obviously, that's that's not enough yield, but but for 87-day corn in Macon County, Illinois, that that's a that's a pretty impressive result. And uh, the end rows are off, the everything's tuned up and shined up and ready to go. We talk about this a lot, but every year. That's probably one of your biggest pressure points, right? Uh, being able to get planted in time so you have something to harvest at showtime. Yes, you put a lot of time and effort. You know, that all starts just like just like the farming process. You know, we're already, we're about to start that conversation with the farmers in Boone, just so that everything's getting planned and ready and any changes that we might need to implement for the 2022 Farm Progress Show in, in Decatur or the 2023 Farm Progress Show, I'm sorry, 2022 in Boone, 2023 in Decatur, you know, we've got to have those conversations early so that we're all ready to go when it comes time to plant them and, and get them in the ground. It's quite a sight when the equipment's moving through the field and, and seeing the people walk behind and real, I mean, that's for these companies, that's what their, their products on the line, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's, you got the, you got the, all the judges right out there walking with you. There's a lot of years where, you know, weather or, or maturity or something doesn't allow us to do a lot of tune up. But fortunately, I, I can say that, you know, 
Uh, everybody's had their shot, everything's shined up, everything's tuned because you only get that one pass in front of that one grower that one time and, and you want to make sure that everything looks as good as it possibly can. Besides the harvesting, what else will go on so out in the fields? 11 o'clock is the harvesting demonstration. We'll do that 60 acres and we'll run until we run out of corn. And then uh, at noon, the tiling demonstration will run for an hour or so. And then at two o'clock, we'll go back to the, the, the cornfield we harvested and run tillage on that. We'll run, uh, hot, we'll run the, the standard deep rippers and those kind of things first then move the crowd back and, and go into the, the higher speed versatile, uh, vertical tillage type tools. So it'll be a lot of activity and the weather is just, as we said, is just right for it. And um, we've talked about this before in some of our preview shows, but you draw in this show, draws from quite an area, to several states. Yeah, so, so you know, the, you know the, the core of the draw is in the Corn Belt. It, it's, it's the places where you would think Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Missouri, Kentucky, uh, draw real well from Ohio when we're here. And and then, but but typically we have about 48 states represented. We don't typically get all 50, but we'll be at 45 to 48, and I expect that to be the case this year. We will not probably draw from the 40 or 50 countries that we typically draw from just because of travel restrictions and those kind of things. Logistically, was it different this year setting up for, for the show or not? Um, it, it was different because you didn't know what the next thing was that you weren't going to be able to to get. You know, you the 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 bags, for example, that are being handed out at the information booths. Those those are sitting on a boat somewhere between here and China, and so we had to come up with a plan B real quick. Um, just you know, labor labor shortages. They're they're still putting up the last of the tents right now um, because everybody's just having so much trouble getting the people it takes to to get all the work done. Also, not only are you back this year after a year off, and the weather's good, and the fact that for many farmers, in this area anyway, good crops and good prices, Good right? crops, good prices, haven't been out of the house much, ready to get out. It's kind of a perfect storm for, for a good crowd. I would, I would definitely echo that. So, were you at all concerned, leading up to it, that at some point COVID might cause you to have, I mean, was there a cutoff date where that you ha would could say we'd have to sh shut down or it's all, we have to go ahead? I mean, did you have a date in mind? We, we, we were charging forward, but there's always that underlying concern that, that you know, something could break that, that, would, that would derail it. You know, I, I can't say that, that until eight o'clock this morning after, at the end of the national anthem, when, when I literally saw the gate swing open, that I, you know, I was a hundred percent sure that we were going to be able to have a show, and and you know the fact that we're up and running now, they can't stop us now. So we're going to have we're going to have a show, and it's going to be a good one. It was kind of a big sigh of relief, yep, wasn't absolutely it? Absolutely right, absolutely right. So the times again for the show? Uh, eight to five today, eight to five tomorrow, eight to four on Thursday. Thursday being the best day to come to the show, um, and and harvest demonstrations at eleven, tiling at noon tillage at two o'clock you mentioned uh, some of the things that you have going on here a big concert tomorrow night some of the other things that you would uh, highlight to people that are coming there's a few new additions that we've added uh, got a great sponsorship partnership with Grinnell Mutual and we have the dock dogs that'll be a fun thing to watch where fill up a big pool of water and let the dogs compete to jump out into the water off of a dock and um, you know the concert there's a lot of live music all over the show site and and it kind of comes back to there's lots and lots of, uh, of exhibitors that have brand new equipment, whether they unveiled it this morning at 8 o'clock or it's been unveiled. It was unveiled last year, and folks just have not had the opportunity to see it in person. So a lot to see and do here at the Farm Progress Show. Weather's good, and we hope people will stop by. Matt, glad we're off on a, on a good foot. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Take care. All right. Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. Yeah, we want to see each day at this time if you can kind of kick things off for it. We call it Matt Radio, all right? We used to, Matt used to bring his kids by when we first started doing this. They were really young, and now they've grown up. It's amazing. We see his son over there now, so uh, that, that shows how long we've been doing this. I always appreciate Matt Youngman taking time to be with us. All right, we are broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent. And we're joined now by Stephanie Porter, Golden Harvest Soybean Product Manager. Stephanie, good to talk with you. Good morning. Well, lots to talk about. And I know you want to help farmers achieve the highest yield potential that they can, obviously. And so we've got some news. Uh, Golden Harvest launched its first ever Gold Series. That's a line of soybeans featuring exclusive genetics, 
in high demand trait platforms. Tell us a little bit about it. So this year we're probably launching the most varieties that we've ever launched before and we're very excited to launch the Gold Series. And so with that, we are introducing ExtendFlex as well as Enlistee 3 soybeans in our own elite genetics. So tell us a little bit more about it uh, because when you're introducing something, there are a lot of questions that's new. Uh, give us some details. So uh, let's start here. So 0.09 to about a 5.6 maturity range. And we're talking 22 new ExtendFlex varieties. 22? Yes, wow. 22, 12 Enlistee E3 varieties. and then. We are still in licensing some Enlist as well, so five new in license varieties for a total of 39 varieties. Wow, so th that's, that's quite a lineup. Um, what can farmers expect from the Gold Series soybeans as far as performance is concerned? So think of a step up um, when we are talking about the Gold Series. So when we're adding varieties into our lineup, we're definitely gonna be at par or above, filling gaps, but also when we're talking Enlist E3, we're talking about a step change in agronomics from, from what we've been used to in some of our licensed varieties. And then ExtendFlex, think of your favorite Extend variety, but even better. Wow, so there had to be a lot of uh, research and development leading up to introducing a, a, a lineup like this, right? Yeah, so we have the longest running breeding program in the U.S., so we're pretty proud of that. Um, we've also developed a way where we can bring varieties to you faster. So think of our competition maybe taking up to seven years. Um, we cut that time in half, hence why we're talking about so many new varieties here. And with more choices, that gives farmers more ways then to manage their risk, right? Uh, exactly. More choices, but not only just managing risk, but we believe that every farmer should have a choice on their farm. Every farm's different. So if you want to plant ExtendFlex, that's fine. If you want to plant Enlist E3, that's fine as well. Yeah, so it's not one size fits all. I mean, you've got a variety there for them to choose from. Exactly. Uh, uh, where can farmers uh, get more information on the uh, Gold Series soybeans from Golden Harvest? So you can go to goldenharvestseeds.com. We do have a landing page there for the Gold Series as well as Enlist E3. Well, we encourage farmers to do that. Stephanie, good to talk with you. Thanks a lot. Always exciting to have something new to talk about with farmers, right? Yeah, thank you. All right, very good. That is Stephanie Porter, Golden Harvest Soybean Product Manager. We are broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent at the Farm Progress Show, day number one here in Decatur, Illinois. Stay with us. Much more to come right here on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Heading to the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. During the show, Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 441. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 441 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Decatur at the Farm Progress Show. Everyday DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day -day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crop, cattle, equipment, technology, and more. They are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rall. We are starting to see some of the impacts in the market from Hurricane Ida that made landfall on the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. The markets are in the red this morning, along with the storm virtually stopping grain and soybean shipments from the Mississippi Gulf, which accounts for about 60 percent of U.S. exports. On the Board of Trade this morning, September corn trading 12 cents lower at 528 and a fraction. The December contract down 12 and a half cent at 530 and a fraction of 
of a cent. For soybeans, the September contract down six at 12.98 and three quarters. The November contract down 13 and a fraction at 12.90. For wheat, Chicago wheat September down 17 and three quarters at 6.91. Kansas City wheat September down 12 and a fraction at 6.92. Minneapolis spring wheat September down 23 and a fraction at 8.96 and three quarters. The December contract down 14 and a fraction at 8.95 and a half cent. Feeder cattle were the only bright spot on Monday as they received some support from declining grain prices. Live cattle were under pressure led by the drop of August. Hogs tried to extend gains but crumbled under underlining fundamental pressure. For those live cattle futures on the Board of Trade, the December contract down 77 at 133.90. The October contract down 85 cents at 127.47. For feeder cattle, the September contract down 50 at 163.55. October down 40 at 168.55. In lean hogs, the December contract down 92 at 81.80. The October contract down $1.37 at 88.77. In the outside markets, the Dow is up six points, the Nasdaq composite down 54, the S&P 500 down four, crude oil in New York, the October contract down 71 cents at 68.50 per barrel, the U.S. dollar index is trending lower. You're listening to AOA, I'm Kirsten Rall. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We're in the Syngenta tent at the Farm Progress Show. It is day number one. The weather is ideal and a good crowd has turned out. They're still getting on to the uh, show grounds and a lot of activity here the next three days. And we'll be here all three days broadcasting from the Syngenta tent. Again, well, we're expecting a call at the end of the program from Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. He is not going to be at the show, but is going to be joining us by phone here in a bit. All right, there's so much talk about <laughs> carbon banking and carbon credits and what that means for agriculture. We're going to talk about that a little bit here on our program now because there is a uh, pilot program now that Robo AgriFinance has started, and we're going to learn about it with Christian Barkan. He is the sustainability officer for, for Robo. And Christian, thanks for joining us. Uh, tell us about your program. You're a year into it now. Um, there's so many questions, so many unknowns about carbon and credits and what you can make, what you can't make, and how to do it. And uh, Kind of tell us about how your program works. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. We, we actually have uh, a vision of helping our clients uh, enhancing the uh, practices related to sustainable agriculture because at the end of the day, you're going to be able to produce more with less. Um, and that's what we need to feed the population, increasing population uh, in the future. And to do that, one way to do it is to enhance the regenerative agriculture practices, in particular uh, crop rotations, cover crops, the no-till or reduced tillage, use precision agriculture, uh, shifting towards more natural fertilizers and so on. What these do, they do a couple of things. They actually help uh, reducing the amount of carbon that's in the air, in the atmosphere, put it in the ground, 
and then that carbon would actually enhance the soil health and, and condition the soil, nutritional value of the soil. That's going to make it a lot more richer and hopefully over time it's going to increase yield with less input. So you have a group of farmers in three states and they have completed this initial uh, year for this uh, carbon sequestration and soil health pilot program in North America. So tell us how the first year's gone. So uh, we actually started about a year ago conversation with these clients on whether they would be open to change to these practices. We created together with them a list of practices that they would implement. We went through uh, employing the help of one of our partners, Continuum Ag, uh, Mitchell Ora, who actually has uh, gone and visited every single one of these clients and, and measured carbon and, and soil health in the ground factually. And then with that and our modeling uh, system, we actually created the baseline um, and compensated the clients for what we think it's going to happen over the next three years in terms of um, carbon sequestration and, and soil health. Their uh, promise is to implement these practices. We monitor over time. We adjust uh, the payments that we give to the clients uh, every year, depending on how much carbon is uh, captured. So they follow the program that you set and then you compensate them for it, yes. right? Yes, sir. Now, what did you, can you tell us what you learned this first year? Well, I learned that uh, it is really hard to find someone, uh, a farmer in the United States that hasn't done any of these practices before. Everybody wants to start from scratch. Like the perfect scenario is go to someone that hasn't done anything and you just give them a work with them to agree on certain practices and then you know, take them to the next level. Um, this is a voluntary program, so they decide, they're in the decision making process a prog um, seat of, uh, of deciding which, which of these practices they're going to implement, but uh, we just help them you know, with uh, um, uh, ideas and, and measurements. So how do you measure carbon? How do you really have any idea how much, we talk about carbon sequestration, how do you know how much you have? Well, there are, there are a few tests out there, actually, that could be done in the laboratory, uh, where you can look at uh, uh, a variety of uh, uh, health um, you know, elements that, that are being measured throughout the uh, planting season by, by farmers on a regular basis. One of them is carbon. There is a test, a new test out, out there um, put together by Dr. Haney. And uh, that Haney's test is what Continuum Ag, Ag uses for that. Basically, it looks at the amount of carbon that's in the ground at that point in time. And we're going to measure that every year over time. We're going to uh, use that in combination with uh, uh, flyovers and, and imaging to actually ensure that practices are applied throughout the period. Are you looking for more farmers to get involved in this program? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is exciting. It's our stage one of the pilot. We're going to expand that to stage two. Uh, we're going to onboard a few more uh, clients, and we hope 2022 we're going to be able to open it up to the rest of the clients that want to participate in the, uh, in the program and hopefully to prospects as well. And I mentioned three states. Which three states are you in? Uh, we're in Iowa, Arkansas, and North Carolina mm -hmm. right now on a variety of crops. So looking ahead to year two, what will you... Will you change anything? How do you expand it? How do you grow it? I think we're going to go a little wide on uh, crops. Uh, I, I would personally like to add the uh, depth to uh, another market segment, in particular cattle grazing. There's a lot of opportunity for pasturing and more sustainable um, pasture lands out there. And then last but not least, maybe, maybe a farm that has fruit trees. What is the potential for farmers, you think, in carbon sequestration, carbon banking, whatever you want to call it, carbon credits, however it's going to work eventually. What's the potential, do you think? Well, I think the average out there calculate or estimated amount is about a carbon credit an acre. Uh, if you implement these practices for a period of time, so uh, our hope is that over time, uh, with the information that we have and with practices that have been applied by people like Mitchell Hora uh, at his farm, we can expect actually more than that uh, year three and above. So hopefully it'll be more than one credit an acre. Very interesting, and uh, I think we're just kind of scratching the surface here, aren't we? That's absolutely right. We hope to be able to paint that picture a lot more clear in the future, and we're looking forward to it. Great. Christian, thanks a lot. Thank you, sir.
Christian Barkan. He is a sustainability officer for Rabo AgriFinance. Uh, interesting pilot project they have underway concerning uh, carbon banking, uh, carbon sequestration. Very interesting. We'll look forward to hearing more on that. All right, we are broadcasting from the Syngenta tent here at the uh, Farm Progress Show. We're going to talk now with Dale Ireland, technical product lead for seed care. We want to talk about uh, two big concerns for soybean growers, soybean cyst nematode and sudden death syndrome. We know that uh, they can lead to significant yield loss, more than many soybean growers uh, may even be aware of. Dale, thank you for joining us. Um, as product technical product lead for seed care at Syngenta, I know that you are working with farmers and trying to help them deal with this issue. What impact do you think farmers are actually seeing from SDS and SCN that maybe they're not even aware how much it is? Mike, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Um, certainly, sudden death syndrome is a potential factor in any given year. It's very environmentally interactive, so uh, it depends on the year whether they see a lot of sudden death syndrome. We know that soybean cyst nematodes there every year, and the more stressful the environment, uh, the more uh, soybean cyst nematode plays in. But those two go together and they make sudden death syndrome worse. So there is a connection between the two. Yes, uh, we know that nematodes open up that root system for more potential infection from sudden death syndrome. And we know that the stress that the nematode puts on the soybean plant also enables the sudden death syndrome to be more of a problem. How has the weather we've had this year, what impact does that have on the pressure from SDS and SCN? So this year, in general, when you look across the U.S. Midwest, the first couple weeks of April were unusually dry. They were unusually warm, almost summer-like. Uh, in a lot of areas, 80, 90 degrees. I mean, even up into Iowa and, and southern Minnesota. Um, so very summer-like conditions. And then, uh, and a lot of soybeans actually got planted before uh, corn. Certainly in Illinois, they did. And... Um, then the last half of April, first week or two of May, then became very spring-like again. So, I mean, we, we had literally had lows in the 30s in many areas. Uh, the rain started again. So there was a lot of seed in the ground. Needless to say, cool, wet conditions early encourage sudden death syndrome early. And uh, that's where a seed treatment like Saltro really helps protect against both nematodes as well as sudden death syndrome. I was going to ask you, what are you recommending for soybean growers to defend their yield? Well, I, I think it's still a very good foundational concept to remember to use it, just a good fungicide, insecticide premix to protect against all those more secondary insects, seed, seed attacking insects, seedling attacking insects, as well as the different diseases, so having multiple fungicides. Then if you're planting early and you potentially have some SDS issues, using an SDS nematode solution on top of that, such as Saltro, it's really recommended. I mean, when we talk about the losses from SDS and SCN, I mean, they are significant, aren't they? They really are. Um, one thing that, that a lot of growers are, are beginning to realize now is that when you take the next four pathogen diseases that, that attack soybeans, you can add all of those up, and it typically on an annual basis equals about the same amount as the number one, which is soybean cyst nematode. So soybean cyst nematode in any given year has to be managed, both by using genetic resistance as well as using a seed-applied nematicide, such as Saltro. And where can growers get more information? They can talk with their local Syngenta rep or their local Syngenta uh, seed retailer. It's a big issue, a big challenge, a big problem for soybean growers, and we hope that they will work with you to, uh, to try to address it. You can save them a lot. Thanks a lot, Dale. Thank you, Mike. Dale Ireland, Technical Product Lead for Seed Care at Syngenta. Stay with us. We hope to talk with Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack next on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike. Block, 
maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. And in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. 54. So, basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going... (laughs) Hey, listen, it's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of extend max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. extend max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Any Anyone could sell you soybean seed. Channel Seedsman placed products to perform. With Channel Extend Flex Soybeans and Channel Roundup Ready to Extend Soybeans, you'll get the excellent weed control you want and the high yield potential you need. Make the most of next season with the Roundup Ready Extend crop system and expert recommendations from Channel Seedsman. Ask a seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. This is Around the Table, where we explore the benefits of cooperative ownership. Today, we're joined by Mark Herz, CHS Agronomy Technical Product Specialist, to discuss the value of soil testing to inform crop planning this fall. Mark, fall just around the corner, harvest not that far away. Why is it such a good time this fall for growers to conduct their soil tests? I I see two distinct advantages. Uh, one, uh, with harvest being completed and over, uh, your time schedule uh, workload changes a little bit where you've got a little more free time and flexibility uh, to go out and pull these samples. Uh, the second would be the length of time between uh, your, getting your data back and your next crop. So you've got all those winter months to sit down and strategize and put together a good plan for uh, the 2022 crop. So soil testing every year would be important, but why is this year so critical for next year's crop success? Well, it sets the stage for that crop. Um, We want to be efficient and profitable. uh, And that's everyone's goal. To do that, you need uh, good information, good data, so you can make good decisions. And uh, that first uh, layer of data is actually your soil sample report. And then from there, you build everything off of that. And But that's the first step, the first stage, and you build from there. And uh, that's how you put together a solid plan going into next year. Great. Thanks, Mark. Mark Hers, CHS Agronomy Technical Product Specialist. And thanks for joining us around the table. Learn more about the benefits of co-op ownership from CHS at cooperativeownership.com. 
You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. Day number one of the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. Not with us in person, but thankfully joining us by phone is Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. Mr. Secretary, good to talk with you. Good to talk to you, Mike. Kind of a rainy day here where I am. Hopefully the weather's better where you are. Sun is shining and a good crowd and uh, things are off to a good start here for the Farm Progress Show. Hey, I wanted to talk with you about some of the things that you have going on. You had a recent announcement, a couple of big dairy announcements for the dairy donation program and dairy margin coverage. I know that uh, those are areas that, uh, uh, from your dairy background that uh, you're very happy to be able to announce. Absolutely. The dairy donation program helps us to reduce food waste, pays farmers, eliminates the disincentive to, to dump uh, gives them an opportunity to, uh, uh, or excuse me, eliminates the disincentive to, to donate, gives them an opportunity to avoid dumping milk uh, in tough times, helps improve nutrition for lower income and struggling families. And, uh, you know, obviously it's an opportunity for us to partner with uh, processors uh, across the board, uh, gives them an opportunity to process that milk, put in a package that's uh, fit for families and, and provide it to uh, food banks across the country. $400 million in the fund uh, uh, helps to offset some of the costs starting uh, as uh, January 1st of, of 20, uh, 2020, uh, an opportunity, I think, to help the dairy industry. Uh, you also mentioned the Dairy Margin Protection Program. You know, the, the reality is that we're looking at ways in which we can provide help and assistance. We know feed costs are higher, uh, so there needs to be an adjustment to, uh, to provide help and assistance there. Uh, we also uh, provided an opportunity for um, you know, sort of an inequity that occurred during the food box program uh, between class one and class three milk pricing. Uh, some producers got stuck and, and didn't get the price that they deserved. So we're providing help and assistance on that score as well. All of this is designed to try to respond to the pandemic and to do it in a way that builds back the system and the support system better. Like, and uh, obviously we need to continue to uh, focus on this part of uh, agriculture, the dairy industry especially for small and mid-sized producers uh, have had some tough times. You've also focused on the livestock sector as far as uh, marketing opportunities and, and creating opportunities for more uh, packing plants, some diversity within that industry. Where does that stand now? Well, we are in the process of uh, listening uh, to the industry and identifying uh, projects that might be potentially available for resources. In the meantime, we're already providing resources to smaller and mid-sized processing facilities uh, to basically allow them to uh, enlarge their operations, modernize their operations, uh, help them uh, adjust to some of the costs that they incurred, additional costs they incurred during the pandemic uh, with overtime uh, for inspectors, uh, ways in which we keep them in business. Uh, we're also, frankly, uh, Mike, looking at the stress that livestock producers uh, in drought areas are going through. Uh, looking at ways in which we can potentially help with transportation expense, uh, ways in which we can help uh, create an opportunity so that these folks aren't necessarily forced to, to liquidate their herds, uh, or if they do, we're able to provide some assistance and help to allow them to rebuild those herds uh, more quickly. Uh, it's a devastating situation out there, particularly in the West. You are trying to attract more acres into CRP. You did not get as many as you'd kind of hoped for. Were you disappointed in that, or are you uh, happy with the number that you did get? Well, what people fail to realize is that we also extended the continuous sign-up program. Uh, so we're not finished yet. Um, we're certainly pleased with the fact that we saw a number of uh, millions of acres come into the program and be preserved in the program. Uh, obviously, we have a ways to go to get to the 4 million acre uh, goal that we set for ourselves, but there's still a number of opportunities for people to use the continuous sign-up program that we expect and anticipate to see more acres come into the program. Uh, obviously, it's a choice, Mike. Uh, uh, high commodity prices being what they are, our farmers are making a choice. But I think as we, um, as we take a look at drought, as we take a look at some of the challenges that folks have had from weather-related circumstances, you know, CRP all of a sudden becomes uh, something that, that ought to be factored into uh, the plan uh, for the future. So uh, we want to make sure we're in a position to give people multiple choices, multiple options and opportunities to basically preserve their operations. 
Some really good news. You're projecting record ag exports for fiscal year 22. Well, 20 to 30 percent of everything we grow it goes into the export market. It's obviously incredibly important to the bottom line for commodity producers. And so we're excited about the fact that we look like we're going to set a record for fiscal year 21. And what's uh, perhaps uh, also uh, of, of, uh, of good news is that we're expe the expectations are that we may break that record in 22. Uh, this record was set in 2000, uh, fiscal year 2013, 14. Uh, when I was secretary before, uh, we're basically going to have $33.8 billion more in exports than we had last year. That's about $17 billion above what the record was in, in FY14. We're expecting and potentially increasing that record by hopefully four, an initial $4 billion of exports in FY22. You know, here's the thing, Mike. Not only do exports help support the family farm, they also support 7,700 jobs. Every billion dollars of exports support 7,700 jobs in this economy. Uh, that means 1.3 million people are employed uh, directly or indirectly as a result of those ag exports. So every time we set a record for ag exports, we're putting people working, keep keep people on the job, which is obviously important. At the end of the day, here's one thing that really is important to exports, and that is getting the bipartisan infrastructure bill through the Congress and get it to the president's desk so that we can begin to improve our transportation system. That's been one of our big edges uh, in, in the export markets, our ability to get product to market more efficiently and more effectively and cheap and less expensively. Um, to the extent we can improve our rail system, our inner waterway systems, to the extent we improve our, our highways, repair our bridges, uh, all, all of that's going to have a significant impact and effect. Uh, and especially if we can modernize our ports, we're already seeing some challenges on that side. Uh, and so we're looking forward to getting that bill passed and getting those investments in transportation, which will allow us to continue to do exports uh, in an efficient way. I know you're a big supporter of biofuels. Do you get a chance to uh, promote them within the administration? Absolutely, Mike. Absolutely. I don't think. <laughs> I think if you surveyed uh, EPA, administra EPA administrators uh, who I've worked with, uh, they will tell you that, that uh, they absolutely know where my heart is and where my mind is. I mean, at the end of the day, um, Good. we're going to need biofuels, and we're going to need, uh, and I think you're going to continue to see uh, this administration yes. committed to biofuels, particularly in the aviation side. Uh, incredibly okay. important. Uh, we hope so. All right. Thank you for your continued support. That's Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack as we wrap it up. Day number two at the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Heading to the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. During the show, Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 441. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 441 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Decatur at the Farm Progress Show.